Oh, my stars, I've never been so busy before. It seems Christmas arrives sooner each year. everyone ever and welcome to a special bonus episode of 20th Century Pop, the show where we try to understand the present while living in the past. Uh, my name is Tim Blevins and when I say bonus episode, I of course mean a previous episode from two years ago that we are reposting for your listening pleasure or at least to get those numbers up. Uh, but it is the holiday season. It is December and and strangely in the past couple years well I guess minus last year um, the holiday season has been entwined with uh, Star Wars and the release of, of, of new Star Wars movies the Force Awakens Rogue One uh, the Last Jedi and and truthfully actually that sort of cross galaxy uh, entanglement stretches far further back than 2015 as, at least for me, uh, Christmas morning is forever wrapped up in the uh, voracious unwrapping of of all things Star Wars. Action figures, uh, Bolton boards, VHS tapes, books, toothbrushes, shampoos, art projects. Star Wars has been entwined in such a way to make the holidays uh, special. And early on, it attempted uh, to make things special in a rather uh, spectacularly unsuccessful way. I'm, I'm talking about the Star Wars Holiday Special, a 1978 TV special that attempted to turn the Wookiee Holiday of Life Day uh, into cathode tube competition for Rankin and Bass. Did it work? Well, you probably know uh, the answer, but that didn't stop us. Uh, That didn't stop uh, my normal co-host Bob Canning and I two years ago in the first season of this podcast. It didn't stop us from attempting to examine whether or not the Star Wars Wars holiday special uh, was a good special. And we were joined um, on that episode, episode uh, 44, by a special guest, um, a Star Wars fan an owner of the very copy of the special I watched, and my partner, Allison Novak. So here it is, that episode, already a little in progress, that originally aired on the eve of The Last Jedi release. Um, And now we're re-airing it um, as I await a 4 p.m. Friday screening of the final chapter of the Skywalker saga. Um, Until it isn't. But uh, here you go. An early Life Day gift from us to you. Uh, We give you our extended reactions to the Star Wars Holiday Special. Wookiee Sounds. No, I, I, I think because it was this one-time mystery thing that was like, D- did I see that? Did that exist? And, you know, maybe you heard about it, maybe you didn't. There is this, yeah, there's an epic buildup for it to be this lost thing. But I think there's also this epic buildup for it to be awful. And so why don't we just start with this? <laughs> what do you both think of it? Uh, I think it's awful. Aww. The whole thing? 
not the cartoon. The cartoon's interesting and, and cool. And unrelated to the entire special. And unrelated show. to the special, but it's just, it's awful. Really? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I did. Um, counterpoint. I mean, <laughs> one thing that is very 70s about it is that it's like a variety show, and the 70s yeah. were kind of the heyday of that. So I kind of dig some of the musical numbers. Those are oh, probably yeah, my favorite parts. <laughs> <laughs> but it's even a terrible variety show. I mean... So- so here's like, the thing. I, in it's case not someone... great. <laughs> it has its moments. I yeah. I mean, I get what they're going for from the variety show standpoint, but even those bits are subpar. Like subpar to have... what though? They're the bulk of the special. Before we get too far, I guess we should say for anyone who hasn't seen it, basically the Star Wars Holiday Special was an hour long special set in the Star Wars universe. That involved Han Solo trying to get his friend Chewbacca home to Kashyyyk to his family to celebrate a, a holiday called Life Day. And through the course of the special, that's kind of the through line. Got to get Chewie home. And in it, uh, there's well, television. Uh, can I just interrupt you there, Tim? That, I don't think that that's the through line. The way you're describing that, if nobody has seen this, they're immediately going to think, Cool, we get to follow and Chewie through some sort of adventure to get him home. You do That's see him not flying through space to get home. Like three times. I mean, it's more about in his a cardboard box. For him. It's more of a family drama. It's, That's it's, true. That's the majority of it. It's more about the family waiting mm-hmm. for Chewbacca and the family being um, put on lockdown by the Imperial forces that are on the planet. So it ex- that's that's the that's all you get to watch. Well, living in a fascist society is super relevant. <laughs> and, yes. and, and on the holidays. <laughs> but no, oh, it's super relevant to now, you're saying. Yeah. It's an imperial comparison <laughs> there. It's forward thinking. Well, I mean, I'm just saying that just to give some people some structure, we're saying variety sure. show. It's not, it's not a Muppet show situation. It's kind of like you have the Wookiees on their planet. You have Chewbacca's family, uh, Lum, Lumar. What are the? It's Mala? Mala? Mala. Um, Mala. It's Itchy. his wife. Yes, Mala's his wife. Itchy is the father. grandfather. I guess it's Chewbacca's father. father. It's Chewbacca's father. father. It's Lumpy's grandfather. Our and Lumpy is Lumpy. the child. Yes, the, yes. I don't Lumpy care, child, child from time of the age. Itchy is Lumpy's one. grandfather. Okay, so these are in a world where Chewbacca has the name Chewie. These are the other characters' names. Well, yeah, but, I thought about that. Like Lumpy must be like. Lumchakia or it's, something. It's Lumbaka. Right? It is oh, Lumbaka. Mal. I forget what the other two are, but they, they. There's a website, Wikipedia, where all my research for this episode yes. will come from. <laughs> um, and so they're all their names. Yeah. You've okay. What does Itchy stand for? Uh, it's a short name, I think, for dilated rash. I don't. I don't quite know <laughs> what that character's name was. Awesome costume. Maybe, but no. The only reason I was saying this is the story because to talk about this, yes, it's it's. That's the plot line. That's what. That's the Star Wars storyline. And then in the context of it, you're getting bits and pieces of like, oh, they're watching TV in their universe, and you see a performance of something. You get uh, actually, it's mostly holograms, performances, and, and and a little bit of pornography, and you get all of that. <laughs> so that's um, in terms of the uh, variety show aspect. You're getting performances, but that was TV in the '70s. TV wasn't Star Wars. TV was these kind of. Sketches. Sketches and, and music acts. 
and stuff that you just, this is where you'd go to see it. So that is kind of the setup of it. I don't think variety shows are something that we necessarily have anymore, but did either of you grow up watching like variety shows like Donnie and Marie, Sonny and Cher? I used to watch Laugh-In sometimes, and I used to watch The Gong Show sometimes. Well, I think more of a, that second one is more performance. The Muppet Show counts, right? Yeah, The Muppet Show. Speaking of places where Star Wars was very present. That's true, and The Muppet Uh, Show was enjoyable. It was actually- I love The Muppet Show, geez. Do you think a laugh track would have livened up this special? helped um there are if it were funny (laughs) if it were funny there are long stretches where you know nobody says anything in english (laughs) and you have some dialogue in wookie but it's still like you know you're talking about the first 32 minutes of the special yes exactly (laughs) so i guess instead of having our erudit if that's a word conversation on 70s television culture why don't we we go right into it this yeah the movie starts off with our first view of Kashyyyk, which is uh, Chewbacca's homeworld, and it's officially his homeworld. And one of the first things you see is this beautiful painting, matte painting, of of his planet. Like, did you like that? You're seeing a forest world, which you don't really see, hadn't seen in the first Star Wars. This is your introduction. You're going to an alien planet inhabited by Wookiees who talk in an alien language. I mean, that... More, you know, that's uh, that's Star Wars, isn't it? I mean, that is another worldly thing. I thought that was pretty awesome, actually. The start of this, and I'm alone because you were saying, yeah, (laughs) it was the the first time I saw it. It was cool and interesting. I mean, the first thing you're greeted with actually is is Han and Chewie, um, Mm -hmm. you know, escaping um, some Tie Fighters. That's right before the titles. Yeah, which is weird. They're Uh, being chased in the exact same route. They flew a similar route in Star Wars, and and it's like I would have thought the Empire would have studied that, but they do a lot of the same maneuvers. Fire a lot of the same laser beams and there's similar explosions. But yeah, it's great footage for TV. I don't know how they made that. <laughs> um, but but so that, yes, that combined with this new world um, and this new planet and these new characters before you get to know them was kind of neat and interesting. Yes. But how are you not going to get to know them if you don't hear them talk? We do hear them talk. There's just no subtitles. No, there I should know, be subtitles. Yeah. It we is, just don't know what they're saying. Yeah, and I mean, I'm curious what those script pages look like. I don't know if there are many of them or if it's similar to Perfect Strangers where it's like things the Wookiees might say are grunt and growl. <laughs> but it's a lazy start, but like it's no different than watching Bing Crosby pull like a like a souffle out of the oven and talk about it's the holidays. I'm going to put up – like it's a slow build. It's a nice slow start to a special, isn't it? You look sh- like no. You look like you. Does this Bing Crosby souffle holiday special exist, or are you just? Making- That's what it's called. I've never seen it. No, I mean I'm just this this theme. Like you get a Christmas special, and it's like we're at the home, we're setting up for the holidays. It's like oh, I'm so the calm before the storm, and that's what we're getting. We're getting it in Wookie. Yes. And we're getting it in these costumes, but though isn't that what we want in our space opera? We want otherworldliness. I mean, you want something. This isn't something we just saw in Star Wars. It's it's and, and you know it's not Bing Crosby. I, I per think se. I think what maybe disappoints me pretty soon is that it it is Star Wars, but we're living in like a uh, a seventy ski lodge treehouse. <laughs> it does. It's ugly and looking because it's on video. I mean y- that's nauseating. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's just the video or the, the actual set design. It's it's, <laughs> it's a lot of brown. Like I looked for things. I was looking for things that. That could maybe salvage the Star Wars-ness of it. And there weren't a lot of those things. I mean, one of the TVs that they have, a communicator, 
um, is, you know, just hidden behind this sliding door on a bookcase that I think my mom had. (laughs) Your mom is very forward thinking. I guess. And she's not hairy. Um, I've seen her. But uh, yeah, so you, you pretty quickly lose, at least I do, you quickly lose the star warsness of it and it's just now a cheesy 70s show but you're watching wookies like but it's so it's so like mundane and domestic compared yeah. to anything else that happens in the star wars moisture universe. farming having breakfast with your aunt and uncle i mean these are things that are in star oh, okay. wars i don't know i i mean i'm not saying it's great but i'm saying like going into this but they they're having a conversation that you can understand He's establishing Luke is establishing oh, in Star Wars, not the, where the he Wookiees. wants to go. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's well, the yeah, difference. They're, they're vastly different plots. And and instead, we get to watch Lumpy, you know, mope around the house and be oh, scolded, guy. I guess, and pointed to go in other directions. <laughs> and he goes outside. And this I thought was going to be something exciting. I had forgotten this, where he goes outside and he looks down, and you can see he's in this tree. And there he is about to get up on the ledge of, of the railing and walk on the railing. And I was like, oh, my God, something's about to happen. <laughs> and and he's no- nothing, nothing happens. happens. He just gets down, I guess, later because later he's inside and he, everything's fine. I think that was supposed to set up what happens 90 minutes later when a, <laughs> yes, when a stormtrooper storm falls over yep. the edge of that. You don't think it was like his It's a Wonderful Life moment and could have taken that route? Uh, I thought it was to demonstrate the physical <laughs> prowess of Wookiees. The David prowess of Wookiees? I, I mean, I like that starting. And I mean, watching it now, we're going into this knowing it's hokey. We're going into this knowing this is a crap variety special. As a three-year-old, as I was, or let's say seven or older to be aware of it, a lot of people had seen Star Wars the year before. They knew Chewbacca. I love the furry character. I like the shiny character. I like the guy with the cape. Like, you know, you're, you're, it's <laughs> still new to kids. It's not this established continuity, canon, canonicity, whatever machine. So people had seen it the year before. You've gone a year without new Star Wars. Maybe some of the toys are out by now. Maybe there's the comic book series. Now you're seeing Wookiees again. Now you're coming into this world. Yeah, you start off with the Millennium Falcon. First time that footage probably made it to TV. I mean, if this is all you love and you're not seeing Star Wars every day, I would think that this is exciting. And you're getting, and then if you have seen Star Wars many times, it's like there's more Chewbacca's, more Wookiees. What is, you know, like, so I think this is a good start. I, I, it goes on a little too long, but it feels holiday like. It feels TV like. It's like a little storybook. And from what I read, the original plot, there was more of a plot to this originally that this would have started the setup. And that's, Maybe that could have been the route to go. Maybe you don't need Han Solo. Maybe you don't need the other characters. It's a Wookiee story, I feel like. A lot of the pieces are done as if they're holograms or TV, like all the variety show parts, the sketches, the songs. It's right. what the Wookiees are watching. And the first one we get is this sort of hologram circus that comes out of a box. Yes. Uh, Stinky opens a box and these, I don't know if they're supposed to be holograms or tiny people. I assume they're holograms. Yeah, it's a hologram because it's on top of a table and he he presses a button. He plugs something into it and presses a button. And it's a hologram on the table. And then he does something where he presses another button and one of the holograms kind of enlarges and, and enters the room almost three-dimensionally. It's spooky. It's, it's like a Cirque du Soleil performance on TV. And I, I, are they supposed to be aliens? Are they people in costume? I don't know what they're supposed to be. 
but I liked it. I oh, liked, really? Yeah. I, well, <laughs> that part weirds me out so much. Well, there's two reasons. Like one, I like it because it's rare in Star Wars that we see. Like we see bands a lot. You have the the <clears> the, the fingering band and the model nodes, whatever his name the is. Modal the modal nodes, yeah. Modal nodes, the cantina band in Star Wars. You have the Rebo band in Return of the Jedi. So, you, you know, you hear music. And I think um, in what, Revenge of the Sith, they're watching an opera and stuff. So you see that. I like the idea that they're this is what they watch. This is the TV they watch. Do you think it's weird that all the TV or all the media that the Wookiees consume, like they're not represented in any of it? I think it's a statement on society. I mean, don't you think it's weird that for, that we haven't, until Wonder Woman, we didn't have a female-led superhero movie? I mean, oh, absolutely. I think people get, you know, people and species and costumed creatures get relegated to other things. But I don't know. I don't know what their culture likes. This is the only – I mean, I'm not saying – Well, apparently uh, they like human women. Is she a human? <laughs> so, You're talking about the – Diane thing? Carroll? Yeah. Well, I don't yes, know. the actresses. <laughs> We'll get to that in a second. Because um, that's another, yeah, that's an odd piece. But this, I don't know, this part I enjoyed. It is creepy. It reminded me of stuff on The Muppet Show, though, like when Moment Chance was on Muppet Show, The Muppet Show, or those weird puppets. Yes, and if they had gotten Moment Chance, then I think this that would have been. This was 1978. You didn't just get Moment Chance. <laughs> they were big. But what but is the thing? Like this kind of entertainment. You're comparing it to Cirque. It's, I absolutely, I love the concept of this. It totally makes sense. They're watching a hologram. Holograms exist in Star Wars. We get this other one. We saw the game on, on the Falcon. <clears throat> um, so I get it. And it makes sense. And it's a great – I mean, the whole thing is really they set it up so you can have these um, musical moments in between. It's set up pretty well. But to get to those moments <clears throat> and then to be let down by those moments, I don't think – I mean, it's A, it's creepy – and B, I don't think it's done very well. It's not Cirque du Soleil. It's <laughs> like a high school group trying to be Cirque du Soleil. I don't know. It, it is, is kind of an so, impressive tumbling. It's very unimpressive. But again, this is 1970s television. You're not going to see this anywhere else. Like, it's not like you have a thousand I'm things. I'm sure we can find – I'm sure we can find a 1970s variety show, one that maybe is very obscure and rare, where you're going to find a better – tumbling performance than what they were able to put together so you, you i'm sure is it, does it did this just go on too long or you just didn't like everything it? It goes on, on a little too long the special but is that uh, 70s it, pacing this entire special could have been salvageable if it was all condensed into about 45 minutes it was 45 minutes no it's it was an, not 90 long, something yeah. over an hour it's at least an hour. It's well over an hour. Are you serious? It Are flew you sure? by. Did you just say <laughs> that? <laughs> it was pretty quick. <laughs> I had to take breaks watching uh, it. I didn't I want to. to. I think we paused it once. But I, I just wanted to keep going. Because <laughs> um, you got this. You've got the Wookiees watching TV. You've got, yes, Diane Carroll, or the actress singer, Diane Carroll, 70s superstar, I guess. Um, plays a virtual reality projection. So oh, okay, so she's not a human; she's a computer program. Well, that's the thing. These again, oh, thank yeah. you, Wikipedia. That's what I looked it up on. She. Uh, so in the special, she's not just a. Oh yeah, you, you, you're gonna. Explain I'm gonna explain the whole special, ahead. the whole thing. <laughs> no, I, we're talking about the Wikis watching stuff. So Wikis have. That's, that's interesting to me too. Wikis have technology. They're not just these like Tarzan or Bigfoot creatures in the woods. They actually have. They're no Ewoks. They're what? 
There are no Ewoks. There are no Ewoks. There are not Ewoks. Or there are no Ewoks, both of those sentences. But no, I, I, I just feel like that's an interesting side of them. I do like seeing them at home. You don't see people's boring lives in Star Wars ever. And maybe there's a reason for that, but I like that kind of peeling back. <laughs> but so we see them watch this. We also see, um, what's the grandfather's name? Itchy. 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 I, the guy in the itchy costume thought he was doing a bang up job. I think he he was acting <laughs> he was acting the shit out of that role. Like the whole like he had because he, he figured out I'll jump my lower jaw and I'll just hobble around like I'm hurt. Or it's a very weird costume and it hurts. But yeah, he, that he was very distracting. What did you think of the Wookie these Wookies costumes compared to Chewbacca? What did you think of how these looked? Ah, uh, loved them. Loved them. No. Though. Uh, Lumpy, the son in particular, I cannot stand to look at his face. Aww. Like his eyeballs look like kid. they're bulging That's out. That's a Make-A-Wish kid yeah. who loves Star Wars. No, but. <laughs> his teeth are like kind of weird looking. I don't know. Yeah, no, he's you supposed know, to be adorable. Maybe uncomfortable to look at him. Is it the time. human eyes piercing through? That's part of it. Is it I think. the human teeth? <laughs> yeah, the teeth are really disconcerting. Yeah. yeah, so both of those things, I guess. What, what about his. And the noises he makes. Yeah, he doesn't talk like Chewbacca talks. The design of Itchy is terrible. Like strangling a pug. <laughs> the what? The Itchy's design is terrible. I mean, if you're going to have. Yeah, cute... that one is kind of the weakest one. That looks like they didn't put the fur on it yet. Yeah, and it's like he literally. So, so you're making a grandfather character for a holiday special. Let's make him hideous. And and an asshole, like that's the character. He has no He's a regular Jimmy Stewart. He's a hideous and an asshole, and it's a wonderful life. And a pervert. And Jimmy Stewart? No, not Jimmy Stewart. Oh, itchy is. Yeah, yeah. That's not that's not Jimmy Stewart in the itchy costume. Wait, they I chose to, to give clear. him new. Yes, sorry, that's not Jimmy Stewart. No, Jimmy Stewart we is not in this. For him There's a lot of big names, but the, no uh, Mormon Chance and no Jimmy Stewart. So, so you're saying uh, Lumpy has no teeth? That's how I saw. There are some shots where you could see that he has no teeth, as if he were the an actor old, or old the man. Costume. The costume. He's an old man, and yeah. he lost his teeth. And instead of giving him wookie dentures, they let him be, go <laughs> teethless. And, well, a long and that time was ago. a choice that they made. This is what they wanted him to look like. Well, what about Chewbacca's wife, which is basically the uh, Chewbacca costume? She's hot. Gorgeous. Yeah. She's gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, Mala's a pretty lady. I mean, that's a good costume. I don't think I can necessarily tell the gender of her. Right. How she Unless moves. she was wearing an apron, which she does. Oh, you could tell. And she was cooking. So that, yeah, yep. she's oh, yeah. the girl in the mirror. But no, I, yeah, I, I guess I liked her costume. Yeah, I had a lot of trouble with. Lumpy? What is the grandfather's? I can't remember their name. Itchy is the grandfather. Lumpy is the I guess the more I hear it, that's not a very fitting. You don't think of itches in the Star Wars universe. You don't think of dirt. Like, this just makes it seem like that there's probably crabs in that mattress in (laughs) that one kid's room. And there's probably just dirt everywhere. But uh, Itchy, the the, the dirty Jimmy Sturdy Itchy, um, there's a sequence in another excuse for this special to maybe be like, oh, let's bring people in with a modern day and American measurement uh, talent. He puts a virtual reality helmet on at one point. By the way, I hope whoever's listening that you've seen this special because this is probably not making much sense <laughs> to say. And then the Wookiee puts on a helmet. Well, well, first Art Carney, who plays oh, a yeah. uh, genial trader character. Named, uh, I wrote it down, Son Dan. Art Carney plays okay. a character named Son Dan. Who's a traitor? Um, he's he's a, he's kind of like a Star Wars character. He kind of feels like he fits, right? He's the first human character that's new. Yeah. Yes. 
He's not in the story. He's in a different special, though. He's because he's <laughs> acting the shit out. Yeah, of Yeah, no, he he's giving it his all. He For takes sure. it really seriously. I would say he almost takes it too seriously. <laughs> and also, I'm pretty sure Art Carney in 1978 had not heard of space, <laughs> let alone Star Wars, because I don't think he knew. He says the words great, but he's kind of like, yeah, he he's our entrance into this because he's he's speaking a language we know. There is a kind of there is a bit that that I notice, and I'm I'm kind of jumping ahead, but it's all Art Carney. We're talking about how great he is. I think he he might not have known space, but he definitely knew what was going on in this special. And he was acting his ass off because there is a, a moment, and you guys, if you didn't catch it, go back and rewatch it. There's a is moment. It the, is it the Jefferson Starship song? No, it's when <laughs> okay. it's moment, when the Imperial, though, yeah. it's when the stormtroopers <laughs> stormtroopers come in and they lock the house down and they're about to like you know search the place. And oh, does he ex- expose his prison tattoo on his arm to be like never forget? <laughs> no, he's in the background, oh, okay. and the set had left open the the sliding door. <laughs> That had the little transmitter video. And while the stormtroopers were coming in and everyone was distracted, he went back to it and closed it. Because yes. then later... I um, did see that. They, they lo- yeah, so you caught it. So it's like, yes. that was like the most subtle, interesting thing that happened in this entire <laughs> special. Is that... Star that Wars sucked. He saved them from getting caught having this uh, uh, contraband. Yeah, that's that's Imperial. That's storyline. That's great. No, he's a fine character. Yeah, he's sort of the so so he's at one of he is sort of I think was a little bit when they were creating the Lando character for Empire. I think <laughs> wasn't. No, I'm being serious. Around this time, I don't know if they intended for him to be Lando, but it was like do a Lando a similar character. Cousin. Yeah. yeah. And so, because the original plot of this special, and there was one, I know we're making it sound like there isn't one now, but there was more of a plot from from early drafts that you can find online. It was it was Life Day, which is the Wookiee holiday. They're celebrating it, and San Dan shows up. Chewbacca, I think, is already home in the special, so he's just where the family is. I don't oh, think in the you rough get draft? in the original okay. version. So they're all there. San Dan is coming to bring them gifts, you know, dropping off the gifts for the holidays, and Chewbacca invites him to stay. But he doesn't because he hates Life Day because he hates capitalism. I don't know the exact reason, but like, <laughs> I don't want a part of capitalism. So he gets all mad. So he leaves. And Wait, but he's a traitor. Yeah, no, I'm trying to think. No, no, so he does love it, but he doesn't want to celebrate it. I, I okay. forget, it's some weird heartwarming story. All I know is he leaves in his spaceship and um, Lumpy, what's right? I keep forgetting the kid's name. You got it. Lumpy is the kid. Lumpy goes away in his ship. He goes to Tatooine. And he finds him in the ship. He's like, we got to get you back home to the Wookiees. And there's some imperial interference and this, this whole thing of struggling to get him back to his family. And then Sondan, the, the Art Carney character, ends up having life day dinner with them. So it, it was a very straightforward Christmas-like story. And it gets you to different planets. And that's his character. So he was sort of that. I think he was like an Ebenezer Scrooge, kind of the knee warm his heart kind of character or something. Okay. I'm doing as good a job of translating <laughs> it here as they did into the actual special. But there was a plot. And so that was kind of his character. And that makes sense. That's what this universe, I guess, could have. But I did not like Art Carney in this special. Oh, I... I don't hate him. I, I mostly brought him up because I was trying to explain where the virtual reality oh, unit okay. came from. <laughs> Art Carney invented virtual reality in America <laughs> and the rest of the world, too. Um, no, that's true. But he And he's a key to this. He's kind of our main character. Because actually, you don't get a lot of – you get Han Solo in a couple of moments flying with Chewbacca. You get Luke Skywalker fixing – 
I don't know what he's fixing. Sitting with the back of R two D two in a quick scene, oh, yeah. <laughs> part of the R two D two. Part of the R two D two. You get huh. a. I'm going to guess she's drugged very out Carrie dazed. Fisher, <laughs> standing with who she, someone she doesn't recognize, C three PO, for a scene. <laughs> but it's mostly all these new characters. I mean, I think she looks at C three PO. She kind of saw herself. She thinks it's her mom, and the reflection is this weird moment. Of just you didn't raise me. Hollywood raised me. You didn't raise me. Hollywood raised me. But I just, those, I would almost say, just pull those characters out. Don't put your Star Wars characters in. In the Star Wars holiday special? Well, because you have the, you're building a world. But people want to see these characters and that, and I I get that. But it's just like Son Dan, this Art Carney character, and I apologize if I'm mispronouncing his name, who does show up in other books, I guess. Art Carney. (laughs) He's, I, I mean, he's, you know, he is the character we're supposed to follow it i mean he's 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 a typical that character he's all right i mean do either of you like art carney i'm not a fan i don't like art carney i'm not sure i can remember what else he was in. honeymooners I've, yeah oh, i've never had a strong never opinion really watched that carney. he rips a ticket in the last action hero uh, uh nope i mean i guess i it's weird too because the honeymooners was maybe 10 years before this he looks old in this he looks fucking old like he does not well, look he's like, old in the honeymooners was he? I guess because it yeah. was all black and white and grainy looking. Maybe he just looked different. Like I looked at him here, and I was, and I kept thinking he, he was like, "Is that is that George Burns? Is that Walter Matthau? It's none of these people." But it's just he looks so old. But that character kind of works. But yes, he he. If for nothing else, he's there to bring in this virtual reality helmet, which the Wookies enjoy, and the, and um, the grandfather puts the helmet on so we can have this sequence of Diane Carroll playing a character i wrote it down sorry i have to find it because her character shows up in other books oh really um mermia which i think is why she has that weird sort she has a feathery look oh yeah she just have like a mermaid tail thing with her dress which is i mean that's a variety show dancing in the water whatever but he puts on a tool called the mind evaporator i think is what it's called so it's sold to you I think that's what Art Carney's character referred to it as, because I don't think he was a fan of doing that. Um, I don't think he would sit there oh, and have his was... mind. Yeah, so he called it. No, that. because doesn't he make a gesture when he hands it, saying "That's hot"? Like, doesn't he do something like "You're gonna like"? Like, doesn't he make a yeah. like a open fist and move <laughs> it by his crotch back and forth a little bit? He basically you're gonna, does. you're gonna bang to the moon with this or whatever. No, I know it's the wrong character, but he. I thought he was into it. But whatever it is, it's it's a device that the Wookiee puts on his head. This the Wookiee, the Harry Wookiee puts on his head, and we see this sequence of Diane Carroll talking directly to him, singing this song called This Minute. And it's um Yeah, she's supposed to be a hologram, some of those other ones. I do like the hologram effect in this. I like how they're making everything kind of lit up. It's kinda of like Xanadu a little bit and stuff. Like I like that. And I like this sequence. It's a cool sequence, but it's very long. Like you're it's saying. very long. It's funny because the song itself long. is about how if this moment could last forever, <laughs> it, it really, it just really like does. <laughs> it does. And But she's t- she's talking to the Wookiee at the beginning saying, I can be your fantasy. I'll do what you want. I don't. I didn't write down the quotes because I didn't want to ruin another pair of pants. But it's a very she dirty. She moans at one point. Yeah, it's it's, 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 it's like ooh, deliberately I feel sexual. you creating me. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> or something. <laughs> to which I think the Wookiee just goes Rawr, or it makes some sort of guttural <laughs> sound that I've made on the toilet. I think <laughs> in, in a similar scenario. But this whole sequence, I, the writers I was in reading about this. Bruce Valance, the, if you know him, wrote this special. The center Pat square. Croft, who, was he a center? <laughs> he was all the squares. Though he was a center square <laughs> he, comedian. He wrote this special. Yeah, Pat I Croft. I did not know that. Who wrote the Naked Gun movies wrote this special. There were like five writers. 
they purposefully developed this sequence as softcore porn. They wanted to see if they could get it by the censors. Like, I am porn? shocked that this got by the censors, but I guess that's the 70s for you. I, yeah. I mean, I think it's that. I don't know if I'm shocked. I'm more just wondering, why is this in there? Because it doesn't have anything to do with Life Day, which is the holiday the Wookiees celebrate. He's doesn't... watching it in the in the living room. Like out in the open <laughs> while his entire family is home. Yeah, he's a little filthy. And he's grunting I, yeah. and uh, very Which, I mean, enjoying I, himself. You know, Wookiees, Wookiees do what Wookiees got to do. I'm not going to tell him not to. But, I mean, he's got some hairy palms, sure. But I just, I, I don't know. I just don't know why this of everything is in here. Like, it doesn't, it's so long. It's a musical number. I guess because it wasn't YouTube back then. People enjoy, I mean, people probably used to enjoy watching performers on TV, right? I mean, I don't do it anymore, sure. really. So maybe that's what this is. I don't know who, I don't know Di, Diane, is it Diane Carroll or Diana Carroll? It's Diane Carroll, right? Diane, I believe, yes. Diane, I don't know what her following was. I don't know if she was like on the radio, if she was like older parents. Like, I don't know why she's there. I'm just, I'm just fascinated by this sequence, less so because of, you know, I like, I, you know, I want to see more. I want to see more masturbation habits in the Star Wars universe, sure. But it's more just like, what in the 70s made this a good idea? Because it's got its spacey theme. It's got its its subservience theme, its hypnotic theme. Like, it knows what it is. This is a beautiful-looking sequence of, like, 70s glitz, but I don't know why it's in this. I don't know why it's put in the special. Well, well it's in this because that's what that's what you would put in these specials. I mean, there's been... Um, segments of the Muppet Show that are similar, maybe not as sexual, but certainly that's just as... a hat that Fozzie's wearing. I think, right? That's only but a hat. It, it's only yeah, but it, but they'll they'll do you know uh, interesting, cool costumes and have it be spacey okay. and have weird backgrounds. Um, there's a Sandy Duncan one I remember where she's singing and I think she's supposed to be a butterfly. And so a butterfly comes in and morphs into her, and then she sings a song, and then she morphs back to the butterfly. It's similar to that, just not as sexual, not nearly as sexual. Um, so, yeah, I guess the sex part was maybe just to tickle the writers because they thought it was funny. But I get why they're having a, a, a celebrity come on and sing a song in some sort of trippy world because it was what they did. Yes. And I like it. I actually do like this. I think this works. Her That character, Mermia, um, has a backstory that she is just this computer creation, that she exists in whatever the Star Wars universe's version of the internet is. There's other expanded universe novels where she shows up. People can pull her up. But I, I think there's this idea that she is this almost sentient being that moves through all these programs. Like, that's cool. That's backstory. It's not in the special. But that's, that's science fiction. I'm just... I don't know. There's a lot of sequences in this that I just, I like, but I don't know how to place it. Like, I, I don't know why, if this was just a Christmas special, take out Star Wars, would you, and this piece, with this piece being there, like, what, what is this? What was it in the seventies that people were like, this is what they want to watch? Cause this is no small special. This is a million dollar special in the seventies with the biggest movie of the previous year. And they put this in and this isn't a bad choice. This isn't a bad segment. There's there's a bad segment we'll talk about in a minute. This is just a, an interesting choice that I don't know why it's here. I get the little hologram circus that was playing there. 
Um, I get the actually I get maybe we should talk about this for a minute. I get why Starship's there. Oh yeah. What did you think of the band Jefferson Starship showing up in space? After the um, the transmission screen earlier said no starships in area. Right. The Jefferson Starship still shows up. Fucking rebels. They come on. They sing Light the Sky on Fire, which is a fucking awesome song. I, I kind of love it. I love that sequence. And it's just like this. This is, is this what teenagers listen to in the Star Wars universe? I mean, it's kind of, like I wrote this down, it's kind of, they look a little bit like Soundgarden. They all look like <laughs> Derek Smalls from Spinal Tap. But I mean, it's just, and there's all these laser beams going off and they're singing the shit out of it. They're playing they the shit out of it. it I loved that. And again, I get why it's there because their name's Starship. They lucked out with that. And David Bowie probably said, mm, no. That's too weird. <laughs> but I just, that's awesome. I like that. Again, I get why it's in there. I mean, do you like the idea of there being rock? Do either of you like the idea of there being rock music in the Star Wars universe? I have no problem with it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, as a variety show, I think their uh, their goal is to, you know, entertain every member of the family. Or something, and so far, I guess, yeah. <laughs> so they're, they you know, Starship that's for there. the teenage son, and, and Dinah Carroll is for the toothless grandfather, yes, exactly. And then B. Arthur is for oh, mom or something. Yeah, I don't know, I like you B. Know. Arthur. B. Arthur is for everybody, okay, yes. B. Arthur, works B. Arthur should be for everybody, <laughs> yeah. B. Arthur, she's she plays a character later in it, um, on Tatooine when they get to the cantina, the Moss Eisley cantina, which I'm sure as a kid that's the scene I would have wanted to see. Because for some reason, yeah. as a kid, my favorite part of Star Wars was, look at all the aliens here. There's Walrus oh, Man. Yeah. And, and they even used the Williams theme in the song. Yeah, they used the same music. That's what that band knows. What they model <laughs> the one know. song that band knows how to play, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, so that scene's great. And so I get why that's in the special. I will say, and there's another special that does this. Uh, Richard Pryor, I only saw this recently, has, a, has a, a sketch from the 70s where he's the bartender at the Star Wars bar. And it's funny, but... I never realized this. The original Star Wars movie does a really good job with angles and lighting because in the flat lighting of video, those masks look pretty phony. Like the cantina masks, <laughs> some of them are, are atrocious. Yes, <laughs> like, yes. That is, space yes, garbage. But, the, you know, and they look great in the movies. But so that seems kind of cool. <laughs> There's that giant mouse for yeah, some reason. Yeah, there's a giant rat sitting with B. <laughs> Arthur just sitting there, which – which again, B. Arthur is so she plays um Akmina is the name is of it. She's the name? bartender okay. of the Cantina. And I have to say, I she belongs in this universe, I think. She has <laughs> she has the same like Harrison Ford flair of there's something really wry about how she talks, but she's very committed, I think, to this. She gets yes. it. I think she gets what Star Wars is. Yeah. She fucking sings a song. She sings a song to all of them, but yeah. it doesn't feel out of place. I'm like, oh, that's the kind of bartender she is. She's a likable character that I wanted to see more of, actually. That's, to me, next to the cartoon, that's probably my favorite takeaway from the special is her. She even makes the worst part of the special almost bearable. She does a weird sketch with Harvey Corman, who I hate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is terrible. Harvey, Harvey, Corman, Harvey Corman in this movie didn't in help. In general? Yes. Not because of this, oh. but this definitely reminded me of it. But in this, he, they do a weird sketch. He's a patron who comes into the cantina who's in love with Akmina. He's like, we're going to go out tonight. Right? He's following her around. It seems almost creepy. Like, it seems like, oh. oh yes. They have, like, my favorite gaslighting yes. exchange where the <laughs> Arthur is uh, 
uh, she says to him, what did I say? And he says, it wasn't what you said, it was what you meant. And she says, well, what did I mean? And he said, I decided what you meant was exactly what I needed to hear. Right? And <laughs> all this weird, creepy wordplay. And it turns out she just, that's how she treats all the patrons. She's the bartender, so she's nice to them. And he finally gets it in this weird, sad moment where he hears her talking to someone say the exact same thing. And it hits him. It's like, oh, I'm just the patron. And I have to say... As a standalone sketch, that's actually a powerful sketch. That's a great summation of the service industry. <laughs> Why it's in this, I don't know. Because that, and it was entertaining and I liked it, but that kind of felt like one of the writers happened to have this sketch. Like maybe it was an old Carol Burnett sketch or something and they stuck it in. Because uh, it doesn't work. Yes. That sure. doesn't work to me. Like, and then, and then he, the, the special's idea of aliens is also kind of, or Harvey Corman's idea of what's an alien is dumb. Oh, yes. Those like, are the worst he drinks, bits of the special. <laughs> I'm going to drink this, but I pour it into my head. Hey, that's crazy. The top of your head must have a hole in it. All of the aliens and robots and homes or whatever that, that Harvey Corman portrayed were obnoxious and, um, yeah, just. Terrible. Just like he, also, he was the worst thing. Yeah, this life day could he bring. Was. He ruined he, life. Day. <laughs> he was a what, like a Julia Child? Yeah, I mean, yes. He plays this multi-armed chef, and that's where I'm like, he doesn't. I know I was saying Art Carney doesn't get this. He doesn't get what Star Wars is. He's just doing his mugging and mawing. Yeah, and then the He's robot like that needing to be wound up. Yeah, that's not a robot. I found out. Wikipedia told me yeah, he's an alien. They explain that, it. Did they? He's an Amorphian. He, yes, from Morphia. Yep. Um, and they suffer motor skill fluctuations, which is sad. They, it's like Michael J. Fox, <laughs> but that's like such a lame bit. Like I did a bit like that in high school drama class, where we had to create and then had to be talked off the ledge. No, it was like it was like create a, a superhero. And like we were, we came up with all these stupid like you know can't sit down man, and <laughs> you know what I mean. And so that's the bit. So that was my nemesis, not a chair. Yeah. Oh. So it's like that you'd have just repeating that you you can't sit down, and he's just repeating that I'm slowing down, and it's just it was bad. so bad. And again, took forever. That was like a forty six minute sketch. Yeah, I think he's making this shit up too. Like that, that more so, but also the cook one just feels like he's just, he thinks he's making the crew laugh. Like it's, it's short of seeing him look off camera and give a little wink. I feel like he just thinks people, they don't know. They asked for Corman. I'm going to give them core more, more man. Like it's just, he's so awful. I will say it. I'm very embarrassed. The dumb cooking bit that he does. I did laugh when the third arm came up. And I was like, oh, okay, that's... When you weren't expecting it for yeah, a moment. Yeah, <laughs> and that was funny. But that that couldn't have been improvised. That was, they were like, okay, stand here so we can get this arm through your leg. But the rest of it, I just feel like he thought it was so fucking funny. And this is why I hate variety shows. Like, I, I hate laughing. Can't stand a lot of Carol Burnett. Some of it's funny. I like her, but it's just kind of smug, elbowing for jokes. And that's... I don't know why they put Harvey Corman in this, I guess, to please the parents, the grandparents, whoever's the Harvey Corman fan. But why do you put him in there three times? Did he ask for that? He's like, I, I think I've got a couple ways to wow the kids. Sit down, Mr. Lucas. I'm going to take you out of this world with my crazy bits. Uh, what do I have? I have a three-armed character. I have a character that has MS. And I have a character <laughs> with a hole in his head. And I'm going to play them all. Can I work them in? Like, I don't know what they said no to. 
like what like what he offered. They're like, <laughs> like no, what else could have been in there? I've got a character who's got a tongue for an eye and an eye for a tongue. I got a character who can only say the word up when he means down, left when he means right. Oh, I, bizarro. Oh, that's true. I guess they couldn't really do that character. I could just it's it's horrible. And when I think of this special being bad, that's what I fucking think of. Harvey Corman yep. ruined my life day and just regular day <laughs> every time he showed up and he's in it three goddamn times. And there's no reason for two of them. He's okay in the cantina bit. That part's okay. But the rest of it, it's just and that's why, you know, you're saying Alison, you're saying, you know, you put something in for the kids, you put something in for the parents. Who the fuck is that for that's watching this? Who's gonna for enjoy Har- I have no idea who the thought Harvey, Harvey Corman, Corman was funny or why. So Is he still alive? I don't mean to be speaking. Oh yeah, no, dad. maybe I should uh, check myself. <laughs> no, he's not I don't talking so. trash about well, no, I mean, What's he gonna do? Is, is he gonna haunt us with one of his bits? It's been an eternity since I started this bit. Now I'm doing it for eternity. No, it's fine. I just, I was enraged every time he was on the screen. And that, I think, is 70s TV in a way. Being enraged yeah. while you go, watch it. Yeah, I think that's what people did. <laughs> Nixon! No, I think people, did you ever see that sitcom, Nixon! Exclamation point. In every episode, it's like, we're going to extend the Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on a Nixon impression for next life day. And then somebody shouts, Nixon! And then and then he shrugs. And the joke keeps going, but I can't think of anything. But no, the, I think, I don't know. I, I There's a campiness. Maybe this is what stuff like Saturday Night Live was rebelling against. It's definitely stuff like what SCTV made fun of. There's a, there's a ridiculous, goofy smugness to 70s comedy in these kind of shows that isn't that far off to a lot of, and I like a lot of it, but a lot of what the too hip for whatever comedy is now, where it's just, these people are very pleased with what they're doing. And Harvey Corman, similar to the guy in the Wookiee costume, is very pleased. He's like, I've got this bit. This is going to be great. And I don't know why that's in here. That is a mystery. Like, why didn't, why did someone write that? Why didn't someone say, no, we, we, we have enough, Mr. Corman. We've got all your characters. We'll, 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 we'll pick and choose here. Like, that's just bad. Like, it's really bad. It's a mystery yeah. to me why this thing is as, is as long as it is anyway. Yes. Right. It's, it's like, like all the songs could be shorter. Cut out is two bits. Um, Do you get anything from the robot bit that Harvey Corman does? Is there a plot point in that? No. Well, I don't think so. Yeah, actually, the robot, he he is helping him to build the transmitter thing, which that's later the other character that's yeah, the, which, the Michael J. Fox character, I think. Wait, so which one are you talking about? The chef. Oh, okay. Does the chef do anything? F- well, I mean, presumably Mala is making Life Day dinner. And I know she needs something to do, but is that what we give her? We give her the homemaker plot? Like, could you pull that out? Like, if we're trying to trim this thing down. Yes, you yes, could pull you that could out. you could definitely pull that out, except that Mala doesn't do much otherwise in the yeah. rest of the special. No, which is, and that's a, that's a fault on another level. Boy, Life, man, Life Day. And here's the thing, too, watching that Mala bit, I thought at least she would screw it up or wouldn't be able to keep up with the 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 video like she was laughing too hard from it or, like oh this is really funny what mr corman is sh- doing sure that or just that she was trying real hard to make this thing but like there was no there wasn't even that there was nothing more to it than harvey corman you know there wasn't <laughs> even her getting a, a, a little comedic bit I so yeah like you, right. you could pull the whole thing out 
like watching people and see what they watch in the Star Wars universe. I don't like watching them prepare food in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> I guess I don't need that. But for this to be the Star Wars universe, you do need some recognizable aspects. And we get that in the middle of the special, kind of sandwiched in this. And I think the thing that people do watch and like from the special and the thing that I actually don't remember from it. So I don't even know if I would have seen the whole special because this is what I would have remembered. There's a pretty fucking rad cartoon in the middle of this special that is a Star Wars animated adventure that yes. somehow Stinky sees on the screen. He watches it. I don't remember why yes. that is. And he watches it as a cartoon. But I, I think he's not supposed to be watching it. It's like anti-imperial propaganda that they've been able to get their hands on. Right? Someone, the rebels film them. Like a YouTube video? Is that like Luke's YouTube channel? I don't know. Watching? Like, I, I don't quite get that transition. I'm glad it's there. Cause like, it's just, it looks like it's all encoded and has to like unencode it to oh, watch no, it. Oh, no, it does. Right? That's how it comes yeah. out. But that's why I'm just, I'm wondering, why is it? accessible why is who filmed this <laughs> that's an excellent question but was it harvey corman or did harvey <laughs> corman film it but this cartoon it's animated by nelvana which is the company that made rock and roll which i fucking love it's a beautiful animated cartoon they did devil and daniel mouse they're a great animation company and they did the star wars cartoon um it introduces boba fett it's the story it's weird because it's got like a magic amulet i think is what they're going after you don't hear magic isn't that what they're after am i thinking is of, that what they're after we were just the watching talisman. the librarians before we were recording by thinking of the tv show the librarians it's a I talisman wrote, right but it's I wrote magic down talisman and and i wrote down talisman and invisible but at, at this point i can't remember the context of it <laughs> I didn't see that, but no, I, but what it's, so that's weird, this idea of magic in the Star Wars universe, but the, they have it, Boba Fett, the Imperials are after them, I think, Luke, 3PO, Chewie, and Han crash land on this weird water planet, mud planet, and then Boba Fett shows up and then helps them out, but you find out he's trying to catch them out, it, it introduces the character, it's very quick, there's not much plot to it, yeah, but it's so amazing looking. Like it's very experimental looking. Yes. And here's the thing, like, and I don't know why there wasn't more of this. Star Wars translates really well into animation. I wouldn't think that for some reason. Like there were, I know there's that the Clone Wars cartoon everybody knows. There was an earlier one that was all hand drawn. Yes. And that's a beautiful like experimental thing. This it looked like like heavy metal magazine kind of animation or, or drawings. And it's cool because it kind of, the special gives you the characters, gives you the ships. I love the designs. Everybody looks kind of, I don't know, they look like cleaner off backsheet characters. Like there's something to them. They just, they They're look. They're kind of elongated and sneaky yeah. or they, something. And it's yeah. awesome. I really like the look of them. And they do a good caricature of Harrison Ford. And I, Yeah, I, like, I said, uh, oh, yeah, as I'm watching it. Up. Yeah. As I was watching it, it was like, I, I wish I had that Harrison Ford like face on a t-shirt. That's, that's, that's a cool thing. <laughs> on both sides of the t-shirt, inside and out. <laughs> but I don't know. I just watching that, I'm like, I, if Star Wars had not taken off, if it wasn't the big thing that we all know, how cool would stuff like this have been? Because this is sort of the first real Star Wars extension I would have, people would have seen. I mean, there's the comic book, but it's like, here are the characters you know. Luke's not in his normal costume. He's in the costume that he wears at the end of Star Wars, the yellow jacket and everything. But here's these characters doing something. And here's what someone who's not George Lucas thinks the Star Wars universe looks like and thinks how it works. And it's a little off. Like, this doesn't necessarily feel like Star Wars, but I love it anyways. It's very pop art looking. Like, it just, it looks, it's great looking. 
And I know it's supposed to link to Empire Strikes Back. It doesn't really. I mean, you see Boba Fett, but that can no one ever comments on that. But this made me almost wish, not wishes, but wonder if Star Wars, now that Star Wars is this thing, it's this behemoth, it's a story with continuity and you have to, you know, each character has a history. You can checkpoint everything so things don't contradict and there's a canon and there's a subcanon, all of this stuff. This cartoon came at a time where that wasn't around yet. You know, there was a novel called Splinter of the Mind's Eye, which was this sequel novel to Star Wars, which doesn't really follow the continuity. And there was this cartoon, and it's just fun to see what people could do. And as a kid, this is probably how I would have played with the toys, this kind of ridiculous adventure. There's real, there's no plot. Yeah, I get the talisman. Here's Boba Fett. He's riding a snake. <laughs> and that's it. He fires a weird sounding gun and whatever, it, like that. Uh, he says he's friends with you, but he's not. Right? He, he pulls a switcheroo. Um, but I just, I liked seeing a thing of Star Wars before Star Wars was established. Like, in reality, Star Wars doesn't get its continuity until Empire Strikes Back, really. Because like, that's mm -hmm. when it starts shaping up that, well, this is his father, this is how the rebellion works. Spoiler for Empire Strikes Back, sorry. But, you know, like you're getting all these little points of it. But before that, it was just this random space opera of these characters. I mean, you could leave the original Star Wars and think, well, that's it, they won. <laughs> There's no more Empire. Darth Vader's gone. And, you know, you just didn't know the rest of it. And this cartoon taps into that in such a way, such a great way, I think. I don't Do you guys like it? Like the animated part? I, I, I do like the animated part. Does it feel like Star Wars to you? Uh, I don't know. No? I mean, it doesn't to me. It doesn't feel like a Star Wars thing. Which it, I'm fine it feels with. like. Yeah, it's just like how you explained it. It feels like someone else's vision of it. Um, and there's not a problem with that. I think, you know, to an extent, it, that sort of thing should have or could – it would have been interesting to see if that's how the movies progressed uh, early on. It's sort of happening now. Um, but it would have been nice to see if the prequels had somebody else's vision attached to it instead of – uh, what we ended up getting. Do you think if Star Wars hadn't become the giant phenomena, if it was a little lower than Star Trek, like it was it was popular, but it wasn't huge, maybe you get another movie. Do you think this holiday special would have had more of a life if Star Wars wasn't so revered? If Star Wars didn't become the epic myth that it became with Empire Strikes Back as it went on, if it was just this fun time movie that you could go back and watch? I'm trying to think. Of, no, I don't no? think, yeah, I don't think anyone would. You don't Remember think this would have aired again? No, because this this is a piece of crap. <laughs> what? The whole special. This is a terrible special. There's nothing. No, nobody would have watched it again. We watched. Nobody it. We should. Both, all three of us watched it. We watched. Yeah, because, because of the you entire, told me to. You know, mythos around it. Yeah. Not because of its own merits. Okay. I I had no desire to watch this a second time, um, but I knew we were going to talk oh, about it. So before this viewing. Before this, yeah. So where did I was you see in, it the first time? I think I saw it in college. That's what you're saying. I okay. I think I saw it in Fensgate. I have this memory of us being in our, our AV room of Fensgate, uh, sitting on the floor watching this. Um, that might be a made-up memory, but that's the one <laughs> That's the one I have. No, it would have been a remit show and Chris would have had it. I, I don't think yeah. I would have had the patience to sit through it, to be honest. This <clears> isn't the kind of thing I ever wanted to sit all the way through. Well, I don't remember the ending. I watched it. I watched the ending this time. I don't remember that from the first viewing. So I'm not. They might not have had it on their copy. 
I will say after the cartoon, this special does flop. Like I do enjoy it <laughs> after the cartoon. After the cartoon, it is just it is a bore. It is awful. It's a Han Solo kills a man on Life Day. He throws a man off the Kashyyyk he, house. He like fakes to the right and fakes to the left, and then suddenly the stormtrooper goes flying over the railing. Oh, so theatrics kill him. Sorry, <laughs> but no, that it is a crap special, and I don't enjoy. And this is horrible. All of our favorite characters show up at the end, and I don't enjoy that. No, Carrie Fisher sings that song, <laughs> so and it's worse. just awful. Right? Oh, it's so, so bad. bad. I, I mean, I'm I'm also just confused because the Wookiees all put on the robes. They put on these red robes because they ran out of fur, right? <laughs> That's what I assumed. They didn't well, like they couldn't afford to make fur suits for like is... fifty Wookiees, so they just put them in robes. <laughs> put them in a bag. I'm seeing it as it's it's Wookiee Church. You know, I mean, that's that's how I read the, the end of this. It's like they're walking in outer space. Somehow. Somehow. Yeah, that's not explained. It's supposed to be a warp. Oh, game. yeah. It does look like they're going across the star. It gets field. very. Yeah, it gets. A, it gets. <laughs> we were talking about this with the Christmas episodes last week. It gets churchy at the end. It does get churchy. It does. Star Wars version of churchy. Wookie churchy. Worky. They, they, they work it. No, it gets. Worky. It's how many more of these can we do? <laughs> Six. Let's do six Mon more. Chi Chi. I have to. That didn't do it. No, I don't. And that's just. Here's the. Th you know, to talk about this. Waxahachie. Was that? Hachi. Waxahachie. Now we're going off of Manchichi more than Wookie Church. <laughs> Worch. It's the. Isn't that how that works? You just keep evolving. That's all. Or you better Worch. You better Worch. <laughs> or I was going to do a Wookie version of RuPaul, but I can't. I'm going to try to make a. <laughs> RuPaul, I can't remember. But to, 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 to get off track and speak of this only as a holiday special for a minute, it does the fucking thing of getting religious at the end, which is not for a holiday that's religious, not what I want from a Christmas special. Let me enjoy this on the basis of a warm feeling inside. Don't give me this spiritual walk into the sun, unless they're just trying to take all copies of the special with them. But this is a holiday special, but it's not really clear what holiday because this aired before Thanksgiving. That's true. And so I, everyone treats it as a Christmas episode. We aren't the only podcast putting up this episode this week. Tons of people are doing the Star Wars holiday special for Christmas. It's not a Christmas special. It didn't air at Christmas. I guess Life Day is sort of Christmassy. It's also sort of Thanksgiving. It's also sort of Arbor Day. It's also whatever holiday it is where you march into the sun. I mean, it's all of these things. <laughs> but what, yeah, what special... We're watching it at Christmas time, but this is not, there's nothing in this that's a Christmas special, is there? It's a holiday no. special. It's in the title. <laughs> it's a variety show. It's an abysmal variety <laughs> show. Oh, is that the brand? Abysmal. Abysmal. Oh, so you didn't like any of it. Because I feel like we, the cartoon. Okay. okay. I feel like we enjoy, like Allison and I watched it in one sitting. Yeah. I, I, I do like the Jefferson Starship song. I love that. And I kind of like the B. Arthur song. <laughs> I like B. Arthur. Again, I would watch more. Oh. I would have watched the show set in the cantina where, like, Cheers, but with B. Arthur. <laughs> I would have watched that. She's so good. She is. She's she's brilliant. I think, And she's, she is, she's committed. Like, the way she talks to the game. I don't know. Oh, my God. I could watch that scene again, but I'd have to see Harvey Corman pour, pour <laughs> blue milk into a hole in his head. He doesn't show up during the song, only at the very end. Does he show up at the end? Uh, so he does his sketch bit, then she does the, the song, and he's not involved oh, right. in I'm sorry, that I thought you meant at the end of the special. He's in the cantina bit, yeah. 
he, yeah, but then when everyone leaves, he's the last one. We're supposed there. to feel bad for him. Because he's stalking her. He is. And we're supposed to feel yeah. bad for him. Like, oh, what a lovable scamp. Uh, yeah. Like, I think Harvey Corman thought, this is, I'm going to, I'm going to woo, this character is going to go yeah, down. Yeah, thought, I'm a nice guy. I deserve <laughs> the. He's going to get his variety yeah. show or special uh, Emmy Award. I said you liked me. Now you're mine. Yeah, he's very, um, yeah, I bet he listens to a lot of Modest Mouse. <laughs> a lot of the Decemberists. I bet that's what he puts on. He can't put a headset on because I'll just sink into the top of his head. But he'll, you know, he'll do something. So I don't know. I did like this special, and I, I know most of it is liking it as a relic, as this bizarre thing. Like, I there's no way to watch this and not think it's crap, even though it's not. It's it was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Honestly, I enjoyed it far more. I would watch it again. I think I wouldn't watch the end after the cartoon. I'd tune out. Fair. But but it is, I don't know, it is this relic thing, and it does have a lot... But hold on, you tune out after the cartoon. I'd like to know, I mean, I don't know if we can look at them now, like, where does that happen? In this 92-minute runtime... Cartoon's near the end, um, I think. There's a, cause, is I it thought it was the before the like B. Arthur right song. Middle. Oh, is that? I thought so. It's before the yeah. B. Arthur song. I would not turn it off after the cartoon. There, There's a lot <laughs> after the cartoon. So... So to say that you you like this, you really only like 40 minutes of it. And the other 55 minutes of it is terrible. And that's the majority of I mean, I don't know I don't know exactly how much. It just feels like it's it's the midway point. All right. I mean, maybe it just flew by in my mind cuz it's so good. <laughs> I mean, if I had to rank Star Wars movies best to, to worst, I'd probably go Empire Strikes Back. That's number 1. Star Wars you got your Return of the Jedi, and then I guess Force Awakens, then this, and then uh, Caravan <laughs> of Courage, the Ewok Adventure. And then I just like to forget the other ones. I don't even know why I mentioned that Return of the Jedi. Get that one out of there so this bumps up. No, but I, I, I don't know. This isn't bad, but it is just it's, – it's just – I – I think people watch it. I think people think it's so bad because it's Star Wars. It's bad television in an era of bad television. <laughs> like wonderfully bad television. Uh, variety shows, yeah, we're trying, like you said, I think, Allison, it's what you said. It's like, have to have something for everyone. Throw everything and see what sticks. And, and that's, you said the first part, you didn't say the dumb part about sticks. But you did. You said there's got to be something for everyone. And I think that was true. Because I think that's what TV was. Everybody tuned into one of three channels. Yeah, exactly. There's and you'd watch three it channels and PBS. Yeah, and this isn't turning into nostalgia. This is just in trying to understand this. That's what this special was. It's just someone had the idea of saying, put Star Wars's name on it. But I think I don't think this is as bad as people say. I think it's just Star Wars is too sacred, and it's fun to have a failure in Star Wars. Because here's the thing: the prequels are also, by many people, considered to be bad, but they're not treated with this campy relevance. No one looks at them as if no one can seem to separate the prequels from Star Wars and just say, "Oh, this was a bad idea." If they don't like it, but this they can, this they can ignore and still enjoy for its badness. So this has a weird sort of. It's a cult status or something that isn't entirely fair on either end. Like, it's not as bad as people say it is, but it's also only remembered because the name Star Wars is attached to it. So, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not the most enjoyable thing <laughs> in the world. But I don't know. I, I, I like having it on DVD. I'm glad you have that DVD. Yeah, I, I like, I'm glad I own it because if people haven't seen it before, it's kind of fun to shock or torture them with it. <laughs> shock and With torture. the movie. 
But also, I just I I think Bob, what you're saying before about having to find stuff. It's a re- even though now it's easy to find, it is a reminder of that. Because this was the one piece of Star Wars that no one saw, or not everyone saw for a while. Yeah. And it's hard to think that that could exist when Star Wars was so ingrained in everything. I'm happy that is. I obviously love Star Wars. But it was weird to have this phantom thing floating there for so many years. Sort of like a menace of sorts. <laughs> I was wondering who here <laughs> would connect those two. Thank you, Bob. But it's true. Like this special is just, it, I think it pulled off a pretty impressive feat until recently in being the unknown Star Wars thing. Because everyone can tell you what the storybooks were, what the coloring books were, what the backstories from all these novels were. Like all these little pieces of minutia. But this somehow escapes that. And yet, how? imagine if there, if it, if there weren't VCRs. I'm always surprised to hear that there were VCRs in the 70s. In 1978, yeah. And someone taped this. Like they, there can't have been that many master tapes of this that they've been passed around. But how lucky to have this on tape. Because <laughs> otherwise it would have been lost. Like if someone hadn't taped this, I don't think it would have gotten out there. You know, like I'm sure there's Sesame Street bits and Mr. Rogers bits and Beatles performances and I Love Lucy episodes and whatever that just get wiped from existence because they weren't caught. It wasn't a time where TV was looked at as a reusable medium. Things, movies could be shown more than once, but other things were just wiped or filmed once. Like Doctor Who, there's tons of Doctor Who's that are lost. Yes. I was about to say that. I'm sorry. You want to say it? I'll edit it in. I think an entire, no, not an entire season of Doctor Who, but some, yeah, definitely some early Doctor Who's got taped over. Yeah, I think Star Wars is maybe the, at least for me, the start of this idea of you collect and you hold on to every piece. And that creates a continuity, but it creates this weird thing where everything has to matter and count and nothing is disposable. And that's, that's exhausting. And I think when people are overly disappointed by the prequels and have to say how crap they are, I think it's because of stuff like this. I think we expect far too much from these things. Because I think I've got everything I could possibly get. I I am able to get each time I watch whatever I want from Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, the nostalgia, all of these things. But if a couple of things that bump and fail along the way... This isn't a huge failure. It's just a funny failure. I mean, Mark Hamill was on The Muppet Show. That was goofy, but that's remembered fondly. It's just as goofy as this. He oh. plays Mark Hamill and he plays Luke Skywalker. Yes, yes. One's the cousin right. of the other. And it's like, it's it's silly. It's dumb, but it, it's fine. It's, it's a half an hour. And it's half an hour. <laughs> This show is not. This show's gone on a little longer. So we, I guess we're going to wrap yeah. it up. I just real quickly, I will watch this again. And I do like the campiness of it. I, that's definitely there. The fact that it, someone decided to make it, I like that. And I legitimately like <laughs> a lot of it, actually. Yeah. I mean, I will probably watch it again with someone else who hasn't seen it. And also not sober is how that usually works. <laughs> there you go. So. Drugged. I have I have no intention of watching this again. Oh, you're not gonna show it to your girls. I tried <laughs> to show it to my girls this time, and they had no interest in it. Yeah, I can't imagine a kid falling into this. That's true. All right, and yeah, that's who it was made for, right, kids? Well, we decided it was made for the whole family. The whole family. This holiday is yours. But we all share with you the hope that this day brings us closer to freedom and to harmony and to peace. No matter how different we appear, we're all the same in our struggle against the powers of evil and darkness. 
I hope that this day will always be a day of joy in which we can reconfirm our dedication and our courage, and more than anything else, our love for one another. This is the promise of the Tree of Life. That's your rerun, folks, and your pre-premiere, almost annual Star Wars episode, sort of, and one more Christmas-themed episode uh, again, and I I guess the last episode for the year? Uh, This is 20th Century Pop. Uh, We've had a rocky year, but the good news is we're still here and we'll be back. We'll be back with all new episodes on a maintained uh, bi-weekly schedule this January. It'll be Bob, it'll be me, it'll be familiar themes and varying audio quality, just like this, uh, sort of. But, but either way, as always, uh, check us out. Check us out on 20podcast.com. Uh, the most recent episode is always streaming there, as well as links to all of our past episodes. Um, subscribe to us on however it is you listen to podcasts. Follow us at 20podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. And, you know, if, if you like the show, uh, share it with a friend. Pass it around. Find one you like and ask someone to listen to it. That's, that's how you can help us, and hopefully we can continue uh, entertaining you. So, um, happy life day. Enjoy Rise of Skywalker. Uh, Merry Christmas and happy new year. Um, I'll talk to you in 2020. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.